0: Greetings friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com Today we're looking to start our week like we do most weeks and that is with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're going to be looking at Psalm 136 and 137 today and Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Psalm 136, it's really about a review of God's mercy and so the psalmist goes through the history of things that God has done and how his mercy extends forever. F.B. Meyer says in his commentary, when we can look out on the history of the world from God's standpoint, we discover that the black-edged pages have been interleavened with golden pages of mercy and when we review our own lives from the vantage ground of heaven, we shall see that the mercy of God was the blue sky of background across which the dark clouds floated for but a limited space. You see, the, if you've been walking with God for very long, you can, if you take an honest inventory of your life, You can see where his mercies were constantly interweaved, even in those times of crisis. His mercy truly endures forever. Open up your hearts and let's have a look. Psalm 136. Let's begin. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone doth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens. For His mercy endureth forever. To Him that stretched out the earth above the waters, For His mercy endureth forever. To Him that made great lights, For His mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, For His mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, For His mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt and their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand, and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh, and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever and slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. He gave their land for a heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even a heritage unto Israel his servant. For his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, For his mercy endureth forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies. For his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh? For his mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven. For his mercy endureth forever. And that, my friends, is Psalm 136. I'm going to read 137 to you. It's only nine verses. And uh, it's a psalm that's kind of mourning the captivity, the Babylonian captivity. And uh, and I have a little, just a little piece of commentary to read to you from Matthew Henry. So let's read uh, 137, real quick, nine verses. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they ca- carried us away captive, required us a song. And they that wasted us required us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. if I I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundations thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dashes thy little ones against the stones. And that is Psalm 137. Somber, right? They say we're being forced to sing a song by our captives. Our captives are saying, sing to us a song from Zion. And then the psalm, this talks about how they're never going to forget Jerusalem God's city and then of course the end you know the daughter of Babylon you're going to be punished for what you've done you're going to be destroyed your little ones will be stashed dashed against the stones here's what Matthew Henry says what we love we love to think of Those that rejoice in God for his sake make Jerusalem their joy. They steadfastly resolve to keep up this affection. When suffering we should recollect, recollect with godly sorrow. Our forfeited mercies and our sins by which we lost them. If temporal advantages ever render a profession, the worst calamity has befallen him. Far be it from us to avenge ourselves. We will leave it to Him who has said, Vengeance is mine. Those that are glad at calamities, especially at the calamities of Jerusalem, shall not go unpunished. We cannot pray for promised success to the Church of God without looking to, through, we do not utter a prayer for, the ruin of her enemies. But let us call to mind to whose grace and finished salvation alone, it is that we have any hope of being brought home to the heaven, heavenly Jerusalem. Matthew is just making the point that we don't we don't long for evil to fall upon our enemies, and even in this psalm, that's not what's happening. They're referring to God's judgment that it's prophesying God's judgment. God himself will avenge them on the daughter of Babylon. They're not saying, we pray that you would fall. Listen closely. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be, the he being God, that rewarded thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be, that taketh and dashes thy little ones against the stones. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Alright, there is our psalms for this morning. Let's get a little bit of wisdom, really just warning against vanity, warning against the, the things of this world. From Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 20 verses, let's begin. Dead flies cause the ointment of the opacary to send forth stinking savior. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him. And he saith to everyone that he is a fool. If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding pacifieth great offenses. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, as an error which proceedeth from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, and the rich sit in low place. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh a hedge a serpent shall bite him. Please note, this is some this is a point that Solomon makes often in the proverbs and ecclesiastes this idea that you're laying a trap for someone or for a group of people or whatever at some point you're going to find yourself in that very trap and people have gotten frustrated or angry with me when i've when i've openly said on the podcast the people that have, the people that have created all this mess intentionally To try to destroy our society, to try to destroy the earth itself, to try to destroy the health, the farmland, the food supply, create and distribute disease. That pit that they've dug, they will eventually find themselves lying in, according to God's truth. Let's continue on. Whoso removeth stone shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, And the babbler is no better. Another principle. Please note. That Solomon makes often. He talks about those who can't stop running their mouths. Gossips. Those who always have to be heard. They're always talking. They've always got a story. You're just as bad as a serpent. That's not my words. That's... Word of God here. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. Verse 12 The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of the fool will swallow up himself. The beginning of words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is mischievous madness. A fool also is full of words, and man cannot tell what shall be, and what shall be after him. Who can tell him? You see, the wise, they don't have much to say. They are careful about the words that come out of their mouth. Fools, they just blabber, always talking. A fool is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him. Who can tell him? Verse 15. The labor of the foolish weareth every one of them, because he knoweth not how to go to the city. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child, and thy princes eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. By much slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of hands the house droppeth through. (laughs) I, I just can't help but think about... Just the towns and cities around me. I remember as a little kid some of the, the streets and the buildings, and I look at them now, and they're rotting. Houses, roofs caving in, falling down. People are living there. By much slothfulness, laziness, the building decayeth, and through idleness of hands the house droppeth through. Two more verses, a feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Curse not the king, know not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. What's the principle there, that last verse? It goes back to what we were just talking about earlier. The wise keep their mouth shut. Why? Because only a fool runs their mouth and running your mouth eventually gets you in trouble. Saying don't be. The principle here is don't be cursing like your boss. Saying bad things about your boss or about who's in charge of you. Don't even do it in situations where you think it's impossible for it to be heard or to get out. That's the principle here, because what'll happen is it will get out. and you put yourself and your family and in and your career and your job and every, you put everything at risk because you can't keep your mouth shut. Curse not the king, know not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. I've seen this over and over and over. I see it every day. If you, if you work in an office environment or you... If you work with people, doesn't have to be an office environment. You know the people that can't keep their mouth closed, right? And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm looking around being like, you're being so loud, somebody's going to hear... The gossip and the madness is coming out of your mouth. And there's going, at some point, you're going to pay a price if you don't be careful, people. And of course, I pray for the Lord to guard the door to my mouth and to guard my tongue. Because we are all capable, if we get a little too comfortable, if we get a little too careful of saying the wrong thing, saying the wrong thought. Well, there you have it. There's some wisdom for you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you've been blessed this morning, that you've been strengthened by God's word. I pray it's went forth and pierced your hearts, and it's causing you to draw closer to him. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for supporting the podcast, those of you who do. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.